Welcome everyone. This is Megan Moore. And I'm Gloria Rogers. And this is the Public Health is Essential podcast by the Washington State Public Health Association. You have made it to week eight of the Washington legislative process. Yay. We have a very special episode for you today, an interview with Representative Greg Nance from the 23rd District here to talk about House Bill 2112, which uh, gets really important information about opioid use and prevention and overdose harm reduction tools in uh, higher education. So first question is, tell us a little bit about yourself and your role in the legislature. Yeah. First off, Megan, thank you for the opportunity to share here. Um, My name is Greg Nance. And I am the newest member of the House of Representatives. I proudly represent Kitsap in the 23rd Legislative District. And I am a um, longtime nonprofit leader, um, specifically around college access, trying to help students earn scholarships to college, and then youth mental health, trying to help young people find their footing, be healthy and happy. And my um, priorities as a... uh, a state rep is to really invest in young people and building compassion and resilience in my work on the K-12 and higher ed workforce committees, and then working to fix our ferries on uh, the transportation committee. Right. And that is amazing work that you're doing as well. So thank you for your service. Could you please explain to us House Bill 2112 in lay terms? Yeah. Many of us have come uh, face-to-face with tragedy from opiates and fentanyl. Um, One pill can kill, and it does. Um, Fentanyl poisons folks across the state, across the country, and the fastest growing segment of victims of fentanyl poisoning and overdose are young people. Mm. And every one of these is a tragedy. And the worst part about this is that many of these tragedies are entirely preventable. So House Bill 2112 Um, requires overdose prevention education at our community colleges and our universities here in Washington so that young people um, learn about the dangers of fentanyl poisoning. Um, And as part of that overdose uh, prevention training, we learn about the Good Samaritan Law um, because I've heard of a number of young folks now who were afraid to actually call for help when their friend was overdosing because they were afraid they were all going to get in trouble. And this law helps confirm and clarify, you will not get in trouble for trying to help your friend or a loved one or a neighbor in need. Yeah. And then with fentanyl overdose, we actually have um, this magical antidote that actually helps revive people who are in the midst of of an overdose, Narcan and Naloxone. Mm. And so this legislation provides the funding so that you can actually have the tools on hand in your dorm, and in your uh, residence hall, your cafeterias, your libraries on campus, where if a friend or, or, or uh, you know, a neighbor in need is overdosing, you were able to provide life-saving revival right there using Narcan. And then for the first time, we'll also have fentanyl testing strips available as well. That's so the young people yeah, can confirm that, hey, is this, um, does this pill have poison in it? Um, and I think that's really, really important because many young people... Uh, when you're at college, uh, are you know, are experimenting or, or, or trying stuff, mm-hmm. and we don't want people to be poisoned by fentanyl because, again, one pill can kill. 
Right. That's so important. Has there been any drama on this bill or do you have any scoop on it or is it generally like supported by all? How has it gone this session? Yeah. So I, I want to credit colleagues on both sides of the aisle here. Um, I, I was initially uh, concerned that, hey, are we going to be able to pass bipartisan legislation around our, our statewide fentanyl strategy? And the, to the immense credit of colleagues on both sides, we have gotten a lot of creative initiative, a lot of great ideas on the table. Uh, we have a sense of urgency that we've got to do better. Uh, and I will say early on, after the introduction of House Bill 2112, there were a number of groups that came forward with concerns that said, hey, look, <laughs> this is a good idea, but it's going to be so expensive for my college or my university. <laughs> and the promise I made on day one I hear you, and we're going to do everything we can to get this funded. Um, I do not want more unfunded mandates. And that's where the legislature says, you've got to do this, and we're not giving you any money to do it. Um, those laws don't typically work very well because when we don't resource our partners appropriately, we're basically robbing Peter to, to pay Paul. We're taking away the resources that our colleges need to feed hungry kids, to provide mental health resources, to provide textbooks, and all the other really important stuff our colleges and universities do, uh, that's not good enough. We need to provide the funding where we can actually help kids avoid overdose. And I'm proud that this legislation is going to do that. Um, we still have a number of rounds of negotiation around appropriation for how much funding exactly this will be. But we've got colleagues... Uh, in the House and the Senate, colleagues on the Democrat and Republican side really pushing for this. And that's to the credit of the stakeholders that have come forward, uh, folks from public health, folks from nursing and from the medical professions, and then parents who have heartbreakingly lost children mm -hmm. and yeah. friends who have heartbreakingly lost a, um, a loved one and, and someone in their circle of friends. And that that is how we make better laws and better legislation is when folks who are affected step forward. And uh, I tip my cap and I say thank you because that hard work has made this possible. So tell us a little bit about what happened in the, in the proposed operating budget. Yeah. So there's a uh, there's three big budget buckets for listeners. There's the uh, operating budget, there's the capital budget, and then the transportation budget. Um, these are basically three different uh, pots of money and they have different purposes. Operating budget is all about the year-over-year uh, -year maintenance of programs to fund different programs that are doing good work in the community. And uh, to, again, the credit of colleagues, we have really, really pushed. Um, we need a uh, really a holistic and cohesive strategy that, that demonstrates the urgency of the fentanyl and opiate epidemic. And, and to be clear, this is a multi-year issue that is that is really just a tidal wave that, that's hitting with full force. And our colleagues um, appreciate, uh, and, 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 and as we see this, appreciate that we need a solution that will help us to really turn the tide. And so we're talking about tens of millions of dollars um, for various programs and then hundreds of millions of dollars into building the infrastructure yes. for a substance, yeah, for substance uh, use disorder, um, for mental health to get this upstream. Mm -hmm. And then for folks that are dealing with this um, and are in the throes of addiction and of overdose to really, really equip communities and tribal partners, veteran centers, um, recovery housing, 
Um, this has to be all hands on deck. Yeah. And for the first time, I think we're really getting to that. Um, I'd like to see our governor declare a state of emergency so that we can unlock even more resources mm -hmm. at the state and federal level to continue moving this forward. Uh, but I will say we we are starting to act like a team because we got it. We, at every level, we've got to get together as a team to push back on this uh, this epidemic that's racking our communities. Thank you. Um, and so can you tell people how they can use their voice for this idea even after it has passed? Yes. Great question, Gloria. So yeah, it uh, when this passes, which I, I'm confident it will, that is only the beginning. Um, yeah. We need to continue building momentum. On yes. April 11th, I'm going to be visiting the University of Washington, and we're going to have a rally around supporting young people against opiates mm -hmm. and fentanyl overdose. Any listeners that are able to make it would love to have you there. Um, I would also love to visit your campus. Wherever you are, you let me know when we can get together and when we can educate uh, students, administrators, educators, parents, mentors, uh, faith leaders, whoever, whoever's interested, uh, we need to rally together um, because knowledge is power. And having Absolutely. a lot of stone and Narcan distributed helps save lives. Yes, that's great. We actually have a lot of members uh, in our organization that are students from across mm -hmm. the state. So, and they may be listening to this podcast. So, we can definitely help put that call to action out there. I would love that. And I'm I'm pretty active on social media. So uh, please say hello, share your creative ideas, um, share concerns you have, share, you know, your suggestions help us make better policy. And this is a case where the, the easy part is actually passing the law and getting the funding. The hard part is getting Narcan and Naloxone and overdose prevention training out in front of students and young people. I need your help. Um, so please... Uh, you can find me, uh, you know, Rep. Greg Nance or Greg Runs Far on Instagram, and uh, find you know find us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, wherever you are, uh, we are, and, and we would love to meet um, and connect because this is going to take all hands on deck, and we need all the help we can. That's great. I I think that we could definitely help with that, and you're exactly right. The the policy doesn't stop after something has passed. That's just the starting point, and I'm sure there'll be. Um, rulemaking that goes into this as well. And yeah. we can talk to our listeners about that another time, but it's another great opportunity to have um, like expert input into how the policy is implemented. So yeah. stay tuned. Hey. Oh, do you have anything else to add? The, the final thing I'll say is, um, is a big thank you, uh, Megan and Gloria for the work that you do. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, this is impactful. We, we need more young people we need more practitioners involved in government. Um, too often, uh, decision makers don't have the experience that we need. We need to be hearing from folks affected and impacted. And so, uh, yeah, grateful for practitioners stepping up. And especially when we get young people who have a heart for this work to step up, we make better choices here in the legislature. And uh, so we need it. And the podcast is a wonderful step to get folks informed and inspired to take action. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, 100%. We are so appreciative for you being here and talking to our listeners. This yep. is such an important idea. And um, this is your first term. So it's like, you know, people can look forward to running for office. I think that is a great, it's a great opportunity. <laughs> Young people run for office. Right. And yes. do things even in your first term. 
Um, so yeah. all very exciting. Thank you so much for your service. It, yeah. it is yeah. my, uh, it's an honor. And yeah, I, uh, I can't wait to work more closely together. And, and Megan, I look forward to trading kids app stories when we're uh, next together too. <laughs> okay. Well, it looks like that's all the time we have for today. Thank you to Rep Greg Nance for joining us this week. Thank you for joining us for the Public Health is Essential podcast by the Washington State Public Health Association. Believe it or not, we will see you next week for the last week of legislative session. Have a great week.